Did you realize that most maternal deaths happen between 42 and 100 days post-delivery? How can data help us prevent these deaths? And why aren't we using more data to stop this? Listen in today as we talk with Dr. Elizabeth Roshan and find out. Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I'm a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform health. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have otherwise heard from. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Our guest today is Dr. Elizabeth Roshan, president of the National Perinatal Information Center. Liz, I am so excited to be talking to you today. Bonnie, thank you so much for the invitation, and I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you. You are deep into the women's and children's space, and it's its own very nuanced ecosystem, especially the data and analytics. You spend a lot of time, you're incredibly knowledgeable about how we can use this and benefit from the data, both existing and future. Can you give me a couple of examples of how we can benefit from the data today, just to improve the patient care that we provide? Sure, of course, and thank you for the great question. And the first thing I think of is back in 2017, the National Public Radio ProPublica Lost Mothers series created a seismic shift in the conversation of maternal mortality. And in fact, for years, we did have the data. We had the outcomes, we were able to articulate the disparities occurring in black and brown women and within rural communities within maternal care. However, now at that moment, there was a very distinct difference. And suddenly there were the faces and the families of those that were attached to the data. Stories of love, of loss and of tragedy but even more importantly, how those deaths may have been preventable. And I think that 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 combination of that essential data element that many of us were seeing out in the communities, out in the hospitals, but that connection between the numbers and between the statistics, but but then to those women, to those families, really did create the conversation that I think has catapulted data and data analytics into the forefront. You've just given me chills because you're talking about something that's incredibly and profoundly important. And that is remembering that behind all of the statistics and numbers and data is a person that somebody loves and cares about And so often we completely forget that, or maybe we block it out because it's just easier to look at numbers, but that's an important point, Liz. Yes. And yes, it it most certainly is. And I think that, you know, in, in my role at the National Perinatal Information Center, but also that of my incredible team, and we recognize that every, that every report 
every bit of information that we provide to our hospitals, researchers, and others, every numerator and every denominator is a patient. And we can never forget that. We can never forget that we are caring for something ex you know, extremely important. And that is, in, and that is a patient's data, a, a patient's information. And that is absolutely critical as we talk about, as we talk about healthcare data, healthcare analytics. At the end of the day, we are talking about patients. And we're talking about people. Right. And so people. I love how you're you're humanizing this, because I think that there's a powerful lesson in this. And that is we have to more consistently apply empathy. We have to really see numbers for what they are, because that telling those stories is really the importance of the data. And and I love where you're going with that. So. So I'm going to just sort of riff on that a little bit. If you were to take this a step farther, how can we use the data, both data that we, we collect, we, we collect a plethora of data. So data that we collect, data that we have, maybe even data that we should be collecting. How can we use this better to really improve the disparities that we see around preventative care, outcomes, everything that we offer, that we provide, how is it we can use this data? It seems like there are so many stories in there that we need to learn. How do we amplify that? How do we leverage this, these numbers? So that, that's a really great question. And just to preface a bit, when, one of the most important aspects of, of our work as, as healthcare providers is those in the data analytic field is to make sure that we can translate the information that we are seeing that we are that we are generating to an audience and so ensuring that we are capturing what is important and what is essential in each of these communities and i'll give you an example very recently within the past year the national perinatal information center developed a race and ethnicity dashboard that was developed with um, with our disparities advisory committee that we that we spearheaded. We asked our member hospitals. We asked those who we were working with, what can we do to help tell the story of disparities within care? You know, you know. First of all, are there disparities? Because we certainly see them in the literature. We see them in the statistics. Would we see the same thing within the data that we that we were securing within our database? And with the help of with the help of these member representatives, we established this this dashboard that suddenly brought these these care outcomes to life. And that it, that is so essential to be able to personalize to be able to create a story within the data that can help change that, that can help motivate the teams behind this data to, to to facilitate change to create change and that is certainly something that we want to empower teams to be able to do to be able to see what their data is and and this and this is regardless of what 
data warehouse you have, what data analytics engine you have. I am speaking in, you know, in, in generalities here, but being able to look at your data through, through a multitude of lenses, including the lens of disparity is absolutely key to making changes in communities and having community input in that is also absolutely essential. So talk a little bit about where does your data come from? Do you pull it from anonymized, aggregated patient medical records? How do you, how does the National Perinatal Information Center get its data? So we receive data from our member hospitals. We receive approximately 700,000 discharges a year. So we have approximately 350,000 maternal discharges and about the same, if not a little more, from a neonatal discharge. So we're able to look at um, data in a myriad of ways. One of, the, one of the important aspects of the work that we're able to do is almost 96% of our data is linked data, meaning that we link a mother to a newborn. And so we're able to be able, we're able to see potential relationships, potential causality related to the health of a mother versus the well-being of a newborn or the outcomes of a mother versus the outcomes of a newborn. So, so we re so we receive data files from our member hospitals that when that we then translate into reports that can be generated and utilized for quality improvement, process improvement, and overall improvement within a women's and perinatal sphere. Do you have a really cool story that has been the um, byproduct or the output as a result of the data? Yeah, that's such a great question. We we have had we have had hospitals that have been able to facilitate change within preeclampsia, within um, postpartum hemorrhage. We recently released a severe maternal mortality dashboard, which facilities are being able to create, you know, being able to create an opportunity for their teams to connect to their data. Some of these stories do encapsulate teams that have come together that have been able to affect change as a team, have been able to create additional teamwork in synergy around the data and being able to celebrate even small wins within whether that be a reduction in cesarean section rate, whether that be a reduction in postpartum hemorrhage rate or readmission. There, you know, even those small wins, you know, we, we look at data quarter over quarter and in some facilities do look at their data even more frequently, but even those small wins, those, and again, those numerators and denominators represent people, represent patients. And so even the smallest wins can be tremendous opportunities for hospitals and for those they provide care for. So if you had a magic wand, how could you envision that we might even be able to use this data better to really reduce the health disparities that we see today to, to, with the goal of improving equity? How, how could we do something better in that space? Sure. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a generalization here and say that that connected data, um, and certainly we we you know we get or we receive hospital we receive hospital um, administrative data, 
And so certainly our focus is inpatient to be able to improve outcomes within the inpatient community. However, the opportunities that exist to be able to translate and connect the hospital experience, the transition of care experience, and the postpartum experience is absolutely critical. And so finding a way to be able to connect the, you know, to connect those things is, is essential. And one thing I will say is, is that we do receive um, a, you know, a, a fairly, you know, standard amount, certainly not as robust as I would like to see it. We do receive social determinants of health data. And this is certainly an opportunity for us and for other organizations to be able to help hospitals understand their communities better, understand that, understand some of the elements within communities that can be bolstered, supported, and empowered within the hospital community and those that they serve. I'll give you an example of a, of, of a finding that we had related to our findings in our social determinants of health um, review. And that is recently we, 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 we performed a, a review of our social determinants of health data. What we found is, is that the two highest were homelessness and a history of physical or sexual abuse in childhood which tells me, tells us, tells those who, you know, explore data that there's such opportunity, not only with the well-being of our patients, but also the ability to ensure that we are providing trauma-informed care and that we are looking for that more often, that, we're that we are assessing for that because I think that that is something that we are hearing is, is an area of tremendous opportunity for us to be able to support women and birthing people within a respectful maternity care process. Wow. You know, that's really interesting because I'm going back here, um, you know, in my memory bank and, and not too long ago, I was a chief nursing officer. And I remember that we talked about all of these kind of assessment components and admission components. And sometimes we fall into the trap where it feels like a box that you check. Yes. But really what I'm hearing you say is we need to do a much better job of educating because when, when a patient says, yes, I'm homeless or yes, I've had this sexual trauma as a child, instead of just checking the box and moving on, that really needs to trigger and inform a completely different set of processes that we might put into place that would allow that patient to have the best outcomes that they can attain as an individual. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, and helping our care teams to understand, you know, one of the things that, you know, sounds tremendously business-like or foreign to healthcare providers is data is a strategic asset. And one of the things that we have to think about is how are we going to utilize that? And, and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, healthcare providers are, are collecting and amassing data. 
And we often don't think about that. We don't think about vital signs as a data element. We don't think of, we, we don't think of, you know, a skin assessment as a data element. We don't think of a discharge plan of care as a data element. But all of these are all of, all of this are data. And so helping our teams better understand that, you know, that data quality, data security, data stewardship is so important to providing care, not only in the hospital, but out in the community, it is absolutely key. You know, this is really sort of reminiscent of a podcast that is soon to be released. I did with Dr. Rebecca Freeman and the same conversation. She's an informaticist and we talked a ton about the data. We're so data rich and so information poor because we're not asking the right questions. We're not using it the right way. And we're, we've become so robotic and rote in what we check and enter into our medical records that it really isn't helping to inform anything because we just do it because it's sort of air quoting this required of us and how we're not going to move any farther and not get any better with our outcomes until we fix that and change that. So I love what you're saying. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and again, back to that, you know, back to that um, connection between, you know, hospital community, you know, and, and, and this, you know, in this instance, postpartum care, one of the areas of opportunity that we certainly have is greater data and communication collaborations between hospitals and communities to ensure the health and well-being of women, birthing people, and their newborns. You know, certainly one of the things that, you know, we're already seeing is greater innovations for data, including things like crowdsourcing, consumer-driven apps that are readily available. And in fact, one of the things that would be tremendous to be able to see over time is you could you could instantly measure the health of a community um, based on that type of crowdsourcing. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what GPS um, system you may use um, for your travels, but I recently had to travel to the Midwest from Rhode Island. I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan of ways. Yep. And yep. why am I a fan of ways? Because it's crowdsourced. It helps me understand where I'm going. What route, you know, what is there a faster route? Is there a road that's closed? Where are the and, radar traps? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so wouldn't that, wouldn't that type of technology, wouldn't that type of crowdsourcing for, you know, what, you know, where to find the best healthcare, where to find the best providers, you know, where, you know, where are, you know, where are those, you know, where are those barriers? Where are those checkpoints? Where are those radar, you know, where are those radar stops? You know, that type of crowdsourcing and consumer driven application within pregnancy, with after delivery, during that postpartum period to help drive, you know, to help be able to facilitate those conversations and connections and, and, just-in-time care. One of the areas that we're finding, you know, within the data, you know, long-term is, is that 60% of women die um, of, I should say, of those 60% of those women that die after childbirth, 60% are within day 42 to, to the first year. 
those are women that we can capture, that we can help to, that we can help to find, help to crowdsource where they can find that care. One of the most, one of the most desperate areas for this is in the rural communities. And so where are, where do we have opportunities for enhanced telehealth? Where do we have better sense of decision support tools that can be utilized for, for women and for birthing people out in the rural areas? And that is, that's certainly something that this whole conversation about data-driven care, you know, data is, you know, data again is its own science and being able to connect all of these things to be very targeted to be very tactical in this is going to be important because we know that just five years ago, you know, the iPhones of five years ago and the iPhones of today are incredibly different. If you think about what they'll be like in five years from now, it's almost, you know, it's almost unfathomable to think about the technology. I can, you know, I can perform an EKG between my iWatch and my iPhone, I can, I mean, that, you, I mean, ultrasound. It's pretty crazy, actually. So we should leverage iPhone. that. I love yes. where you're so, going. So the ability to connect all of this together, the ability to connect care providers, patients, communities to the data, I think is really where we need to be headed. This is so cool. So Liz, how did you get interested? I mean, how did you sort of take a turn in your career and how did you get interested in this space? So as a nurse executive in Northern Virginia, one of the one of the areas I found to be most helpful is the ability to translate data from, for example, Joint Commission comes to mind wanting to make sure that my nurses, those that those with those within our division, understood the stories, understood why data was so important, that it wasn't just simply a chart you had to know that was put up. What was the story behind it? Why was it important to us? What did we have to learn from it? And so and so quickly, so shortly after that, I had an opportunity to join AWAN, the Association of Women's Health Obstetric and Neonatal Nurses, as the Vice President of Nursing, and had an opportunity to go across the nation and really hear from nurses about what, what, about what their needs were related to a number of factors, but also from a data perspective, whether it be fetal heart monitoring, whether it be outcomes, whether it be how to best care for a patient post post hemorrhage but what i was hearing was you know what how how could we translate the data how could we help translate what was happening from a data and a pragmatic perspective to how care providers at the front line would understand this and so when i had the opportunity to be able to join the national perinatal information center it was an opportunity of a lifetime for me because the because the blend of a data-driven approach with the opportunity to work and steward organizations to improve care for women and newborns was it is certainly an opportunity that I have greatly enjoyed and continue to enjoy and grow from. 
Wow, this is so cool. I mean, uh, it, nurses are absolutely needed in the data, the data science, the analytics, the informatics space. So I love that you're here because you're really creating a role model ship for nurses to continue to spread their wings and get into that space. So tell me of, of all the things that you think about, where do you see data being able to take us in the future? So it's interesting that one of the one of the areas and, and actually Bonnie, you you just mentioned it and it's in in it's it's so funny because I because I was like, you just took the words out of my mouth. Healthcare is is a rapidly growing sector of of our economy and continues to grow and continues to have a number of conversations surrounding it. Who pays? How do they pay? When does that occur? And so part of that entire discussion is making sure that we have that that we have that we have team members within the data segment that can do that can do this work. Meaning, as I had mentioned before, data is a strategic asset, which includes design of coding, programming, data sets. There again, it's a science and really helping our healthcare team members understand that there that there is a place that there is a role for them we need to grow this role within healthcare data warehouses data structures are becoming more and more commonplace and the ability to help nurses healthcare providers physicians others in others in this landscape understand that data is a growing subset of healthcare and the outcomes associated with that are only as good as the coding, the programming and the data sets. So making sure that we have qualified and competent team members to work in this space is absolutely critical. So helping, so helping our teams understand, helping nursing students, medical students understand that data analytics is an opportunity for them down the road. So folks coming into school, folks coming in, you know, folks who are already in, um, in design, in coding, in IT, you know, what an right. opportunity for these team members who are thinking about a second career in nursing or medicine what an opportunity to be able to blend those two and utilize that expertise. That's an expertise we absolutely need to grow, cultivate, and grow from. Well, you know what what comes to mind for me, Liz, is that we are having so many nurses um, leave nursing right now that this is a great way to actually capture those that are interested in learning a transferable set of skills around data science and then scooping them up and, and importing them into the organizations that are doing this data work. So tremendous opportunity for us to avoid brain drain yes. and start to hire some of these nurses up. Yes, that, you know, Bonnie, that is an excellent point. And being able to utilize their expertise of nursing and healthcare or medicine, being able to help drive them, you know, help drive them and show them an opportunity within this um, for those who may have an interest is a tremendous opportunity for nursing and for healthcare to be able to help redeploy that expertise in a way that could be incredibly meaningful. 
Absolutely. Well, I love this conversation, uh, Liz, and this is a really great place for us to put a pin in it today, even though we could probably continue for another hour. I'm so grateful for you for taking the time to be with us today on the Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie, very much. And be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Liz's contact information and to learn more about her work. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.